our podcast Forking Wellness. My name is Sophie Bertrand and I'm a registered associate nutritionist. And I'm Barry Strickoff, registered dietitian. And we are here with Erin Morrissey from Erin Lives Whole all the way in Philadelphia. Woo! <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. I'm like very, very excited to be here. And I just got engaged yesterday. I know. So I was like, oh my God, like I'm like on this cloud nine. So you guys get me at my absolute best right now. Okay. We actually put out like, um, to our followers, like, let us know if you have any questions for Aaron. And I got like, we need all the engagement to like all the engagement (laughs) gossip. So I feel like at the end, you can fill it in. (laughs) I can throw some stuff in there at the end. (laughs) Okay. Amazing. So one of the things we always start with is um, asking what wellness means to you. Yes. Yeah, so I, this is like an ever evolving question for me, but like, I always, I've never been like an all or nothing mentality. Like that's not for me. And I see a lot of people in the wellness industry think it is all or nothing. Like you have to be super extreme and be cut out all junk food or all stuff. And I've just realized like, that's just not in my eyes, that's not wellness. So wellness to me is having a approachable balanced lifestyle. And I think that that honestly, like I think wellness also includes things like pizza and it includes breaking a sweat and it includes, um, taking time off and relaxing and being able to go on vacation and, and like letting yourself truly feel like you're happiest because it's, I feel like we, there's now, I mean, and I know a lot of people talk about this. They talk about that. There's this idea like, oh, people are saying you have to do this, you have to do this. But I think truly true wellness is taking care of yourself and doing what makes you feel good. And that's also, that is including things that don't go to like the typical standard healthy, what you would think of as like only eating greens and only eating this stuff. Um, And I think that like that came to me, I mean, we can dive into it more too, but like that came to me when I did have a history of being like too extreme. Mm -hmm. And I never really felt like I was being like that was the ultimate wellness because I knew something was off. So I found now that like I'm able to have this balance. Like I feel honestly, like I feel like I'm pretty like healthy and yeah, and that's my idea of wellness. You know, I think you just reiterated like our exact like um, ethos, ethos yeah. of the podcast. It's just like it's almost like you feel your healthiest when you're not doing the traditional healthiest things. Yes. But people are almost scared to feel that because they're like, surely I should be doing something specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like, and you, I, I know there's like a lot of pressure out there, but, and there are also a lot of really great accounts, I think. And like, and you things you see on the news and a lot of people are, we're getting into this whole like body positivity and, and, and I think I love all that stuff, but I think it's like, we also have to like realize like we're also individualized and like, oh, true. Nailed it. <laughs> you like that might be wellness for you is not maybe not wellness for me and it took me a while to realize that because I'm like well how can my friend like how can she always do xyz and I'm like dying over here I can't do that or even just like like oh my gosh she's I noticed this too even in the Instagram world it's like oh my gosh she's so disciplined or she's so this or and it's like you really don't know like you don't know what or everyone's different like we all need to honor and respect that and once you're able to like honestly channel into that and like realize like okay I'm different and like I don't want to be like everyone else or I don't want to try to be like everyone else's version of wellness. Then you start to really like take care of yourself. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, completely. Like we're even so different. Yeah. Oh my God. Mine and Barry's version of like wellness for us is so different. Which is different from yours and different from everyone else's, which is like the great thing about it. Um, But I think that there are like these clear stigmas out there, which is why so many people find it so confusing. Mm -hmm. And then they fall into those all or nothing traps because they feel like they need to do all of it to gain those yeah. benefits when in reality it's kind of like those small habitual steps over time that lead to balance and health healthiness healthfulness yeah yeah I totally agree with that and it's like I know there's like a ton of pressure out there and even just like even beyond social media I mean social media is huge but I just think that like if we like take the time to like sit back and re- like reflect on what's important to us. Like we probably wouldn't be doing half the things that we do just because it's like, we all are so like, Oh, well, I want to get, I mean, I don't, what's, what's a good example of one? Like, I don't know. Like I want to, I'm going to go to Barry's boot camp, and I'm guilty of this too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Barry's boot camp because I see everyone else is going to Barry's boot camp, mm-hmm. And I want to be a part of that. 
And, you know, and there's something, there's, there's something okay with that. There is something definitely okay with that. But it's also like, do I, do I love Barry's Bootcamp? Like, is that, is that what makes me feel happiest? Or do I like bar class? Or do I like working out of my house or something? I found myself, like, we used to go to a lot of gym classes together, um, but I used to go to Barry's a lot, and I was doing, like, a lot of HIIT workout, and I was, like, really stressed, and everyone's like, I use, I channel exercise to help cope with stress, and so I did the same, and then I just, like, channeled it in high stress intensity workouts, and then my cortisol levels were really high, and then my hair was falling out, so, like, (laughs) then I, then I started doing more, like, Pilates and bar, and that's my idea of wellness, but, like, your idea of wellness might be spin and soul cycle and berries and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. I have never done a berries because I know that I will pass out. <laughs> and that is not wellness. <laughs> not wellness. That is not wellness. Uh, but it's so true. Like my, one of my best girlfriends, she's a bar teacher and she is, she just became a bar teacher. I guess it was like a year and a half ago. She is the happiest she's ever been because she's like, I have found something that I am so passionate about and I love. And she like, I mean, she teaches like probably, two or three times a week. And that's what she does is her version of wellness. And she loves it. Like she's just like the happiest. She's like, I always thought I needed to do like soul cycle and I needed to do, and it's like, that's, she's like, you know what? Those don't work for me. And this works for her and she's loving it. Like she loves it. Yeah. So what did your, did wellness always look like this for you? Or is this something that's evolved over time? Definitely evolved over time. I mean, when I was growing up, I played every sport, um, just like typical, my parents basically signed me up for every sport. Um, and then when I went off to, like when I was in high school, I went off to college. Like I did not really do any form of exercise. Like it was never as a growing up, it was never a priority. In my, like, I don't know. Like we, I played sports, but I was always just like, like I w- was not the best on the team. You know what I mean? Like I just was there. Like I, I was okay. It was good. But, um, but then as I got older, I went off to college and I was just like, I didn't really do a ton of workouts. I didn't really eat that well. I just like, I always, when I look at my life, I know everyone's version of normal is different, but I just lived a very like normal, basic life. Like I feel like, and and, like, I just ate what my mom cooks for dinner. And then like, I went to college and I just was eating all this dorm food and like, and it was fine, but I didn't really take care of myself in any way. Like even just like, I don't know, I just was missing some sort of wellness practice. Um, so it really took me until after really like the midway through college when I started to, like, I went for a run one day and I remember being like, oh my God, because my dad's a runner. So I was like, I texted my dad. I was like, dad, I just did four miles. Oh my God. And oh, God. your first slow. run. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> it's in your jeans. <laughs> super slow, but he was like, that's great. Eric. like you're doing great. And so from then on, I was like, that felt so good. So yeah. I started, I was like, okay, maybe I should. And then like, I was, try, I was trying to eat a little bit better. Like I had my own apartment at that point. So I was like trying to, but I was never, I was never super dedicated to wellness growing up, like never. And then when I started to run, I started to be like really liking it, using mm-hmm. quotes, because I was doing it and it was like relieving my stress. And it was really good for the, honestly, it was super healthy relationship for the first four months, four to five months. Cause I was like, wow. Then I started getting compliments cause naturally like some weight came off and I was just using it as my stress reliever, but then was finding that if I didn't do it, I was getting stressed. Yeah. So it was like this vicious cycle. Like I had to do it. And it turned into something that like had to be done and it had to be done. Like I had to do a certain length and I had to do a certain, like, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Um, but I just realized like, oh my God, this is not, a, I'm taking this too far. Mm-hmm. And so my version of wellness flipped from something being like so lackadaisical to being like a regimented, rigid person in what she exercises and how she exercises and what she eats. Um, and it got taken just like way too far. I mean, I'm an open, I don't, if I, I'm happy to share everything, but like I ended up going to an inpatient center for eating disorders. Now, um, your eating disorder, was it, do you think it started out as like an over-exercise and then evolved into something more restrictive with food? Or what do you think was kind of what came first? I think it was, it was, they, they like played together hand in hand really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and one happened like with the other, like I, I started to exercise and then I started to like, I, oh, I, I was diagnosed clinically with anorexia. Okay. Um, 
but I definitely had some orthorexic tendencies, like wanting to only eat healthy foods. Yeah. Um, Cause the, it's it's there's so many different levels of anorexia and there's so many different levels of ever ever eating disorder but I was always eating I was never like there was never no eating happening it was just like I was always eating super healthy yeah I think orthorexia is still so difficult to identify as well because it's like what's that fine line between actually being healthy and then that being unhealthy right exactly if you have a BMI below what's considered normal that's kind of like the trigger that they'd be like, okay, well, it's restrictive. Yeah. Anorexia, but like you can live in that state with a normal BNI, still have the same tendencies, but clinically you don't fall into that yeah. category. And then you might lose the opportunity for treatment, which is so sad. It is, it is really sad. And like, that's, that's, I, I guess it was like, I had gone, I, it all happened so fast for me because, and it was so bizarre because the people who knew me, I, up until I was 20, I was, I, I mean, I, I don't want to use the word normal, but I felt like I lived a very normal average life. Like I, I ate my breakfast, lunch and dinner and I didn't think about them at all. Like mm-hmm. I just, you know, and food was never like a huge emphasis in our, in my life. And then I, then it became the only emphasis in my life mm-hmm. and like managing and controlling. And I, when I was like, I basically within a seven month span, my parents had, I had like gone to them and basically gotten pulled out of college. Um, and I wasn't, I didn't even know if I was necessarily ready on my own to like change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, went, I, went, I had to go to a treatment center and, and that was like the beginning of me redeveloping and learning like new habits. Yeah. So did the treatment center really help or did you feel like you were still on this journey even when you came out of treatment? I definitely felt like I was still on the journey, but it was like the, the, like the spark that ignited me. Um, I was in treatment. So I did, I went, I actually ended up, I had a hospital stay first because um, I had a little heart issue, but then I did a hospital stay and then I did an outpatient treatment all through this place called the Renfrew Center. And in, in they have a bunch. I almost took a job there before I moved. Oh. Um, yeah. The one in Manhattan and they have one in the Hamptons. And I was yep. um, almost took a job there before I moved to England. Oh, that's so funny. Um, so I went to the inpatient one. They've one in, I think Florida and one in Philadelphia. So I'm lucky because I'm from Philadelphia. Yeah. So, so I went, I did like, and then they also have outpatient centers, obviously like what you would have done it. Um, and I had done the outpatient for like two months and they basically just told me I needed a higher level of care. So I went inpatient, um, reluctantly cause I was just like very, I was like, Oh my God, like, I don't, I really don't know if I want to go. But at this point I was like, I don't know what's next. So yeah. I need to um, and then I did outpatient again. So overall it was like a total of like, I did a year and a half at Renfrew centers because you just like, you then you work your way through transitions. So then you do, out, then I went back to outpatient. Then I went back to IOP, like the, like the lesson like two nights a week or something. Yeah. Like they weaned you off of it basically. And then I did see a therapist outside like after, um, but that time, the hardest time I truly believe is like during your recovery because it's it's easy to be sick because you're in your habits and you're you feel comfortable and you're feeling control. So then when you have to are forced to leave that and I had like I'm lucky because I did have parents that were very like I mean I lived at home and they were very adamant about being there for me and getting me better and doing what it takes. And um I worked with some pretty awesome dietitians and therapists that really helped me. But it was just that whole process, like it was definitely it took I don't know. It was probably, it was probably like a four year process for me to really start to like want to, and, and physically like get better, like actually do the stuff that I really needed to do. Did you feel like your identity and your eating disorder went hand in hand? So you felt like during treatment, you were giving up a part of yourself. Is that kind of something that I, I can't relate like on a personal level, but it's something that I've worked with patients and that's something that they kind of struggle with. hundred percent. Like that is the hardest thing. Like and, and I talk to people now who like reach out to me on Instagram and they'll say like, but I don't, I don't know if I want to give up control like, or I don't know if I want because the control and it's like the identity. It's like you, it's like, I'm like, if I give up that, then what am I? You know what I mean? Like, this is my thing that I have. And it's not even like, I'm not like, super, I wasn't like proud of this thing. Yeah. I was just in my life. It was almost like a security blanket. Like I'm the, I'm the skinny girl. You know what I mean? Like that's me. And if that's I give that up. I'm actually yeah. so glad you said that because. I, a lot of people feel that way when they're in the midst of an eating disorder and to see you come out the other side and actually having said it takes four years like that's a long time that's dedication and I think it's important people know that 
no yeah. it's not easy but it, it's possible and it's worth it yeah you used great resources you did outpatient then you went inpatient you went back outpatient and then you still worked with a therapist so it's not like you just can snap out of these kind of snap out of these habits and snap out of these mindsets and things like that it takes a real like to be honest like anarchia is a mental health disorder and it's not something you can do on your own you do need the care of professionals, like you said, nutritionists, dietitians, psychologists. It's you can't do it on your own. You need the professional help. And I think sometimes people think that they can, you know, they got themselves into this. They can get themselves out, mm-hmm. but it's so complicated and it's it's really dangerous. It is really dangerous. And I think that like I, I also like I talk to a lot of people who think that um they think that they can go to one treatment center and it's like within one week and things get better. Mm-hmm. And for me, I like don't I I I don't I don't want to be I'm, everyone's different. Everyone has a different case, but I don't want to say. But like, it takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of work. That's like you have to be really dedicated. But and I, I don't want to make it sound scary because I used to think that it was like not, it was not possible. Like I don't know. You get in this mindset, you're like, mm, I don't know if this is possible. Like I probably am. I just I'm just gonna push it off. I'm not gonna do it. And then I went and I was like, you know what? No, like. I also kept thinking, like, I always said, like, I look at my future and I was at, I was at some of these treatment centers and there were people of all ages. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, I kept saying, like, I don't want to be in a treatment center when I am 50. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't, I want to have kids and a family and I want to have a life where I don't have to worry about food at every minute of every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I knew that like it was going to be a process. Um, I really knew it was going to be a process, but I got, I, it was worth every, every single step of the way. Yeah. That's amazing to hear. Yeah. Really glad that you shared that story. Cause I think that will help so many people. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how, obviously you just ran a marathon so how, like, how the fork do you go from, like, having that kind of, like, disordered relationship with exercise to getting back into that in kind of, like, a healthy mindset? Yeah. So that was – the exercise portion of it was probably the hardest thing because I had to do – I had to make a decision and – it was that I was going to take a whole entire, like I was going to take time off from exercise. I didn't know if I was going to necessarily take a year off. Um, I ended up taking a year off from exercise and um, I, that year, like even just getting back into exercise, like after, I don't know why it was a year, but it was, it just basically felt right. And then I felt like, okay, I felt healthy enough to get like, okay, now I can get back into it. I feel better. Um, And I knew that, I always wanted to run a marathon. Like my dad says, as I said earlier, my dad's a runner and I always wanted to do one, but I was like, you know what? Like, obviously I was not in a good place and I couldn't do one then. Um, and, uh, like even just in the time that I took like an entire year off, I was like, this is the best year ever. Like this feels so good that the fact that I get to just relax and not have to worry about like where I'm going to work out. But then I knew like going into it, if I was going to do a marathon training, like I, this is not a, this is not a, I'm not training for a marathon to look a certain way. Yeah, it was an aesthetic. It was like mental, and I and I kept that in my head the entire time. I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to just like get try to get out there and like eat as little as I can. Like marathon training is is no joke. It's oh. like you have to fuel up your body. I, mean, I, I just, would literally not be able to hack it. No. Like I can, I'm not the runner. My body is just like not built for it. Like no. And you know what's crazy is like. I did all of these training runs. So this is a little off topic, but I did all of these training runs and they were like, I don't know. And I was eating those like gel goose. Cause like they're, oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like glucose. Oh my God. They're disgusting. I could never, <laughs> eat but they also have like, they have like gummies. I love gummies. So like I would like, suck on it for a mile or whatever. I was never like, I would eat like a little tiny bit before I went out just cause I would wake up and do my long run. Like that's yeah. what I regret it the rest of the day. If I knew I had to do it later. So I just like wake up and do it. And I did the same training every single time. I ate the same thing. I did the same thing. And, it, and I was eating like whatever. And then I would come home and I would like, we would make pancakes and I was never yeah. hungry. I just ate like two gels on my long runs. The day 
the day of the um, the day of the actual marathon, I was so incredibly hungry that I literally went through two cliff bars during the race. I went through two cliff bars during the race. And um, I had five gels. I think I had like four. Um, Where did you keep like, all of these? Like in a fanny pack? I didn't bring them because I didn't bring them because I was like, well, I've, I've never been hungry once during the race. So why would I be hungry now? So my dad had brought, because I ran with him, and my dad, had, my dad brought three Cliff Bars cut up. I ate all, I ate two of them. And like, I was just like, it was like, just, dad, I'm so hungry. Give me all your snacks. <laughs> I'm starving. What do I do? Someone was handing out Swedish fish on the side of the road. I was like, I need a handful right now. Like, I, I just needed like fuel. I was starving. So, <laughs> and I was so super, super random. But I basically just to go back to like, I knew that, I knew that I was doing this because I wanted to run a marathon, not because I was trying to be a skinny girl fit girl. That's not, that was not my MO. So I knew that this was, and honestly, and it's actually crazy. Like it, this is really weird, but I actually gained weight during my marathon training because I ate and like, I was so hungry. Yeah. Your body needed the fuel, obviously. It needed the fuel. And I mean that for me, I was just like, well, I want to be able, I want to get out there and perform as best as that I can. So. Yeah. So like, it was more like a mental, you're going to prove to yourself that you can do this kind of like a challenge as opposed to something that was, but did something that was aesthetic, but did you ever find yourself slipping back into those old mentalities or you you really have moved on from that, that it wasn't an issue? Honestly, not really this time. I, not for the marathon training, I think maybe in years prior when I've gotten into like exercise or like, I've seen something that like, I really wanted to do, like try a new class or something. And then I get like, oh my gosh, like, I want this to change the way I look. And I'm like, mm, okay, no, I don't. Or also like, I don't know, even with like food, it's like, so one of the hardest things for me, honestly, and I think, I think a lot of people struggle with this is like feeling like their workout wasn't enough. Or like, if I just, if I just do this, yeah. what I, I didn't really sweat that much, or I didn't really like, you don't need to be dripping, soaking, sweaty. We always talk about that. Yeah. And and I'm a firm believer in that. Like, I recently, well, actually, it's hot yoga. So it is, it is. (laughs) It's really hot. You sweat a lot. (laughs) So sweaty. But uh, like, I used to think, like, well, I can't do yoga because that's not a a workout. And like, and I I know it's hot yoga, but like, even I've done regular yoga too before. And like, I've recently been doing more. And I I love, I love spin. Like, that is just like my thing. It pumps me up. I love it. but I've been, I've been adding more yoga in and I, I'm just like loving it. Like I am like loving it. Just the fact that it brings me like my clarity and I'm not, I'm the type of person that like, I am always like, go, go, go. And like, I'm on to the next thing and I'm, and I'm, I'm high energy and I, and I like that, but yoga like makes me like calm down. I never thought I would like that. Cause I was like, mm, I'm probably, probably not for me, but yeah. I always say like, when you're so resistant to something like, oh yeah, yoga is not my thing. It's probably cause you need it the most. 100%. I agree with that. People are like, I always say this to you, like meditating is not, you always say like meditating. Yeah, I can't is not get on thing. board with meditating. But it's probably because you need it. You, got, you don't meditate. Wait. No, I just, I don't enjoy it. I think it's boring. Like I'm sure, you know, I don't doubt a lot of people benefit from it. Yeah. But, but I feel like my breakfast time is like my mindful eating time. And I do that every morning. So it's like your way, meditation. Yeah. It's like my calm moment that I do. So maybe that's just more up my street. <laughs> yeah. And I do a walking meditation. So I like, I can't sit still and meditate. Like I'm the same. I'm kind of like, go, go, go. Um, so I do a walking, a guided walking meditation that I find like on my way to work or something. That's like much more me than like sitting in a room with my legs crossed. Yeah, I know. I think I, 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 I hear you on that because like, I think I need to find something that works for me because I'm with you. Like I can't, I don't think sitting and meditate is for me because I've tried it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I haven't tried it hard enough, but I want to use like Headspace. I, I know people. Yeah. I, I use Headspace and then they actually have not an ad for Headspace. Um, <laughs> but like I use, they have a whole walking guided meditation section. I don't know if it's the same cause I have the British version and it was like, one of them was like walking in London's green spaces. So it definitely picks up. Oh, a yeah. I don't think that would be 
on yeah. yours, but it's like a whole thing of like being mindful and taking in your surroundings and it makes you pay attention to the sounds and the smells and like the sky and the grass. And it's kind of just like making you more present in the moment and more aware and kind of like focusing less on the outer noise and more on your current self. And I find that that's, that's the only meditation I've ever been able to stick with. Yeah. I, I need to try that. I highly recommend. I might see it. I got, I can share my code with you. <laughs> they do one of those referral friend things. You can. I totally will. Because like, for me, it's like, I'm like, like I said, like, I'm like always on the go. Like I always have, I have like a list, a mile long to do list at all times. And I make myself do that because it's just like, I want to cross things off. I want to do this. Like oh, God, I'm the same. It's so yeah. satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like, I love it. Um, yeah, right. So, things on your list so you can cross it off. So it looks time. like you, it's like, Brush my teeth, cross off. Yeah, I'm like, yep, cross that off. <laughs> it also just like makes me feel like I'm like organized in my life, you know what I mean? But, but like I, I would purposely avoid, like I wouldn't put it fit in time for meditating. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I have to like make it a part of my, my routine. Yeah, I, I think you should at least try it and then come back yeah. to us and see what you think. Yeah, I want to try the walk along so that. Yeah. Say it again. Try the walking. Oh yeah, yeah. walking line. So, do you find that it's like? Do you think it's ironic that like you went from a state of like fixating on food and exercise to now your brand is food and exercise? Yeah, that's a really that's a really good question because, especially as I think that there's a, I think there's like a really fine line between like being obsessed with food in like a healthy and unhealthy way. Um, yeah. I'm like blasting it all over the internet. And like, I see, I think even at like the beginning of my account, like I was using it as like therapy and I was like baking more and I was like, just getting myself like really like comfortable around these foods. And like, and I was still like, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was in my recovery. So it was a work in progress. Um, but it's interesting now because I love what I do. And I love creating recipes, but I've started straying away from like, not like they're all the recipes. I use the word healthy in a light way. Yeah. 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 Like I'm not, not, there's no diet. I'm not like doing like sugar-free, whatever. Like it's like, I just want to use whole foods focus. Like, and I don't want to ever be like, this is the healthiest bubble. I'm not making, I don't know. It's just like, I, for me that I want my account to be more where someone can come get like wholesome meals that they feel good about eating is the way I want to look at it. Yeah, we talk about this all the time because you can have a brownie made with black beans and dates or whatever, but you can also have a brownie that's made with sugar and butter. Like, Mm -hmm. let's just mix it up, you know, see what we prefer, see what makes us feel good. Yeah, and it's not like, like if we do eat a healthy version, like that's okay, just as it's okay to have like that kind of like that, I'm using air quotes for the unhealthy version just because they're juxtaposed to one another. But like, there's no judgment because sometimes we get judgment of like, oh, you only eat healthy things like your dietitians and nutritionists. Like what about the real life? And like we do both, but like it's okay to want to make something healthier just as it's okay to make something It's like the, the body feels good on both. It, yeah. It loves vegetables and it loves sugar. Like that's normal. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think balance and wellness is having that flexibility between both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And it has, and I have found that my best life is lived when I have a balance of some, of both of those because I, and also even like, even like my mind is, is calmer when I'm like, cause if I'm like, Oh, well, I'm going to a party and and they're only having pizza there and I I can't have pizza. Like, well, I can't, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, no, I can go to the party and I can have the pizza and then tomorrow and you could have chips and salsa. Like you could have it all. 100, 100%. And so like that, like just been being able to find that and also like even now so I I'm very careful about what I post on my feed and like the, the verbiage that like goes into my captions and stuff because I never ever wanted to sound like I am I am promoting something that has to be you have to eat healthy all the time yeah, because right. I try to sh- I try to share like my real life and my stories and I try to share that like I I my boyfriend like we go out to dinners all the time. <laughs> yeah, oh my god my fiance <laughs> I did this when I just got engaged and Barry like called me out on it as well. <laughs> Your fiance. Weird, my fiance. Um, but, like, <laughs> wants, like a meatball sub and I'm like, sure, let's get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I share that on my stories because I want people to be like, I want people to be able to relate and be like, 
yes, I am sharing a lot of healthy food or like, you know what I mean? Like healthier. Um, but it's also not my whole life. And I'm doing this so that if you feel like you want to make a chickpea brownie, you can, but I also have like recipes that are more like less, less like alternative ingredients. Yeah. It's up to you. Um, I think they're both great options. For me, it's like, and also one of the things that you like, I was thinking of this when you were talking to me earlier, it was like, food has become less interesting to me. And as someone who's in recovery, I used to, I used to only focus on my next meal and what I was eating. And now I started this business where yes, it's technically centered around food, but I'm only in the kitchen two days a week. I'm also behind my computer, like writing, writing stuff, doing technology. I'm, I've started a YouTube channel. I'm doing this stuff. That's not, I'm not, food is not in my face all the time. Like it might actually be on my computer screen. Like I'm editing photos, but I'm thinking about the photo and the color of the photo and the layout. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not, so that I'm like trying to build my business and I spend less time like trying to perfect what food I'm eating and what, and so like, I'm just like, also like when I post, and I've posted less of like my real time breakfast and stuff. Cause I'm just like eating it. And I'm like, well, I didn't take a picture of this. Like I didn't make it pretty. I didn't, you know what I mean? Cause I'm just not focused on it. I'm like, all right, well, I got to get my work done today. Like I got to do this. I got to, got to get like two new recipes up, like edited and stuff. So I've had this like kind of transition. I don't know if people have even really seen it, but I've noticed it for myself. Like I'm either just sharing like more recipes or sharing old recipes because I know those are the things that drive people to my blog as opposed to being like, here's my avocado toast for the 15th time. You know what I mean? Like right. let me make it perfect and pretty for it. So I'm just not interested in doing that. Yeah. I think that we do kind of become desensitized to kind of the content that we put out there. We kind of like, it's not enjoyable. Like if we have to force ourselves to be like, Oh, I just want to eat breakfast. Should I take a picture? Like, Oh my God. Fork yeah. it, like screw it. Like, no, I'm just going to yeah. eat it. And like, I'll repost a picture from like three months ago. Yeah. I know. And, and I think that's like a sign of like, that is like a sign of like, recovery like because you're not perfecting your plate and like you're not obsessing over your meal and granted it's fun to do that sometimes um and we also do it because it's like that's part of that's part of my brand you know like some in the moment job but it's also like it's just not as interesting so no I completely agree sometimes I don't want to take a picture of my meal sometimes like I don't really care about sharing and like you were just saying before like we're really bad when we're together like we hang out all the time, but we're really bad about like sharing it, like posting yeah. on Instagram. Because we're just like, enjoying each other's company and yeah. no pressure to like post on our feed. Yeah. And then we'll like leave and be like, oh, we should have taken a picture of that lunch we made together or yeah. something. But it's like our phones were away on the table. Oh. We, like forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's true, but like that's, that's important too. You know what I mean? Like the, that stuff is so important. And, and as much as like I do share on my stories and stuff, there's days where I am not I've forgotten to share. Like I've, and I'm like, oh my God, like, but that's the kind of life I want to live. I don't want to be known as the girl that have, it has a phone in her face at all times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. That kind of lines on nicely to some yeah, of the questions we've got that some, we got. Some questions that people have sent in to ask you. Cool. Yeah. So first one, a little bit more lighthearted. How did you build your blog? So um, I kind of just, I always like, when I started my blog, I knew I was going to have a website and an Instagram account. So I was going to be consistent on both. I was going to share re- most recipes on the, the blog. And so what I did is I basically just was like, all right, I'm going to get some content ready. And I just started sharing every single day at the same time. Mm-hmm. I started interacting with the people that were like interacting with me. Um, and I just started like co- commenting and maybe making other people's recipes and tagging them in it or like, um, just like putting my neck out there a little bit and like reaching out, DMing someone. Um, and I just feel like I was consistent yeah. and I utilized Instagram stories as much as I could, because I feel like that really helps to grow a connection with your just audience. Just saying yeah. this today, like I fuck, sorry, I fucking struggle so much yeah. with getting my phone out. Cause I find it so unnatural. Yeah. Like like how do you know like and you must do it with your blog your video like your youtube as well but like when when's the opportune time to be like (laughs) let me share and i've just i've just had to be like all right like all right if i'm going to whole foods like snap a few photos and just i just like now try to remember like okay just grab a few or like something and even if i one of the things i do is i'll take things take pictures and not share it i just save them 
and I go when I'm once I get home I, I post them yeah so because I'm just like I don't, I don't want to be like also if I'm out with friends I can quick snap a photo but I'm not going to sit there on my phone and be like exactly yeah friends, you know what I mean so so I just felt like I'm like you know what I knew that I wanted to make well first of all I didn't actually know that it was going to be a business going into it because I was just like I was still working in a corporate job and I was just doing this on the side and then like each day like I would literally I would get in at like 8 30 in the morning I would post at like 9 in the morning and I would walk the hall for like 20 minutes commenting on other people's posts uh answering comments on my post mind you I was on the phone that they gave me like there I was like really risking it like and then I like built my blog on the computer that they gave they me. They own your OG content. <laughs> I'll tell them. <laughs> but like that, I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to do it every single day. And even if I have to repost something, I'm just going to repost it, you know? And I just felt like consistency has like been able to really bring me to where I'm at now. Yeah. Hard work and consistency, I think are key. Agree. Cool. Next question. How do you um, maintain such a positive mentality with your life on Instagram? So like balancing life and Instagram and always just being like showing up so damn positive. Yeah. Um, I, I do, I do show up positive. Like I would say like 85, 90% of the time, maybe yeah. nine. Like there's also like, I also am like, I pride myself on that. I share like I'm real yeah. and I think I am, but like, I don't know what other people like, but I just think that I'm also like, I share that I have moments that I'm not like, oh my gosh, this sucks. Or like, I'm not feeling good today. Or like, I like, I'm having like, I'm, I feel like I'm lost and I don't know what I'm doing. Like I have my own business and I, what am I doing? And so I do have those moments for sure. But I'm also like, I noticed that I've been through so much in the last five years, five, six years of my life. And I had, like, I was a 20 year old who basically had to relearn how to eat again mm-hmm. and love herself and to take care of herself ultimately. And I was in a, such a low part of my life that I never wanted to live that way again. And so I took actionable steps to make sure that I was doing what I needed to do to make myself positive and happy. And it's not, it's not, and it's not fake. And it's like, there's also a lot of things like, there's times that I've been on medication and that, that has really helped me. And I am totally fine with that Yeah, because if I need it, then I need it. There's times when I have, I mean, I also like I, my fiance, um, we meeting him was like a life changer for me because it forced me to do things like get a meatball sub and do things like that. And he's, that has brought me like a lot of positivity and I just feel like, like right now, like even like I was hanging out with my girlfriends yesterday and they're like, you always have something nice to say. And I'm like, I do. But I mean, of course I have my moments, but I'm like, I feel like there's, I had that big negative area of my life. And like, now I feel like I'm in a good spot and I'm proud of where I've come and, and I've worked hard and I want to show up every day and show people that like, I'm a small business entrepreneur. I know a lot of, a lot of people who follow me have same aspirations that they want to do the same thing for themselves. And I think it's just like, I want to show up. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I don't want to be like sad all the time. And you see that on the counts and you don't want to watch their Instagram. Stories. <laughs> we do. Uh, no, but we think, I like, I mean, I'm no one likes a moaning mini. Yeah. <laughs> moaning mini. Is that what you call it? That's so, that's so British. It's um, but it's so true. Like you, at one point I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't stand another story. Cause it's like just complaining or something. And I'm like, Okay. And we all have those moments, you know, we all do. Of course. And we're allowed to complain and we're allowed to, but like maybe just don't blast it all over social media. 100%. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. The point that you made, like you, you had that kind of like five, six years that were really kind of like full of turmoil and it was quite difficult. And now it kind of like makes what you have now so much more like positive and you feel so much more grateful that you're able to kind of exude that in your personality through Instagram, which I think is really it's really great. I think it's like necessary because yeah, you don't take it for granted and it's not like a gloating. It's just like, let's show up and be the positive person yeah. that we are. And I think that's great. Absolutely. 
I think that like even like this is so funny, but like I like even this morning, like I posted a I literally rolled out of bed and I posted a video. And I'm at the point now where I'm just like posting videos. Like I, I'm not like trying to look like a princess while I'm on the camera. You know what I mean? Look at us now. Like <laughs> I just show up and I'm like, I'm like, you know what? These people are either they're gonna love me or they're gonna hate me. And let them choose. So I like I'm like I'm like I'm like I get of course I get comments that are like, oh my god, your eye makeup is dripping all down your face. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Like I'm just like, and on yeah. top of it, like, yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. Uh, I hate those negative comments. I know. So we kind of touched on this, but do you feel pressure to only create healthy in quotations recipes on your page? Um. I did for a while. I did for a while. And then I started like testing waters. Like I, I feel like my prime demographic audience is like young women. It is young women who, and I think they are interested in a healthy life, but still lead semi-normal lives Yeah. Uh, um, with they go out on the weekends or they, you know, so that's like my prime demographic. I do have people that skew towards eating disorders. I have, so I, that's care. That's something I have to be very careful about. Yeah. Um, and I people that are just interested in getting healthy in general. So yes. So I definitely feel like I will always have a page that has healthier alternatives, some gluten-free alternatives, um, which doesn't necessarily mean healthier. It just means people can. Okay. <laughs> Um, people with allergies can have it. Um, and I'll always share that kind of stuff, but I've started like doing more like, like white chicken chili and like, I've started doing more savory. So those are less able, I mean, you can make them healthify, but you can't really take that much out of them. Yeah. It's just food. So interesting point. It's like appealing to your demographic because you know who your audience is and obviously like what our audience wants will drive what we do because if our audience doesn't like it, then yeah, I'm not gonna do it. They're, you're not gonna do it because obviously it's a business and you want to generate an income. But then it's also like having that balance of like doing what you want to do. Um, so it's like satisfying both, which I feel like is is difficult at times. Yeah. yeah so my like goal ultimately is to show that first of all, I'm very blessed because I have zero intol- intolerances at like nothing. Like no, like I can eat every single thing. Yeah. So. I can technically put whatever I want on my feet. And guess what? I do eat everything. Like I eat meat. I eat fish. I eat plant-based proteins. I eat, like I have a wide variety in my diet. So if I want to post like bacon wrap dates, I should be allowed to post bacon wrap dates without getting like, oh my God, like, like, hey. And you know what? I feel like people are okay with it. Like, I'm like, this is me. I tell people I can eat whatever. I do eat whatever. I sometimes like I'll order a steak at a restaurant. And like, that's that's nothing wrong with that. And so, so I try to like, I want to show that there's nothing off limits and any food is okay. And so while I don't, I really like, I've even started to be more careful on like my captions and stuff. Cause I don't want to be like this healthy, like, I will never say like locale. I will never say anything. Cause oh, that's yeah. so annoying. Like. And yeah. And it's all like, no, it's never going to happen. So sometimes I'll say like a healthier or like lightened up and I'm okay with that. Um, but I'm also like, I also will constantly always share either via stories or just like whatever, if I make something on my feed, that's like normal, like just like everyday food, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So any details on the engagement that you'd like to share? Oh my God. And on a nice, exciting note. Tell us how, how it happened. Yeah. So, okay. So Tom is my fiance is into (laughs) real estate. And so he, this is just like a side hobby. And so he, we were, so it was my birthday on Friday. And so we were going, we had dinner plans with our friends, this like hole in the wall Mexican place, but it's fun. It's like a bring your own tequila and they have like fresh margarita mixes. I literally drink. And they like, they literally make the juices themselves. So it's really cool. Um, so you bring your own tequila. And so I like, whatever, like Saturday all day, like I worked out and then like we, we went to the market and then. Um, and I, I had no idea. And I did all the self-care stuff. Like I went and got a spray tan. I got my nails done and I got my hair blown out. I had no idea because I was doing it because I was like, you know what? It's my birthday. My birthday's on a Friday this year. Like I want to feel good. We're all going out to dinner. Like yeah. I no doing it for myself. Tom was probably like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Like you're yeah. doing it all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just complaining about the money. So I was like, something's up. <laughs> uh, but then, so 
he's into real estate. And so he was like, all right, so we're going to the, to the restaurant at five. He's like, let's leave at four 30. Cause I have to drop off a check for my, uh, the agent that like, was selling the house or whatever. Or I guess he's the agent. I don't know, like a broker or something like, yeah. and I was like, I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, I was like, we we're like laying on the couch and I was just like, I honestly don't feel like going. And he's like, we have to go. And I was like, I was like, I know it's my birthday. Like we have to go. He's like, we don't have to stay out too late. And I was like, okay. And he was cool as a cucumber. Like, I don't know how he did it. But then like we left, we got an Uber and his hands were clammy in the car. And I didn't think anything of it. And I was like, and I was like, well, I was like, your hands are so clammy. And he's like, he's like, this is my first, he's like, he was going to check like a envelope, a check in an envelope. And he was like, this is my first uh, house that I sold. And I was like, oh my yeah. God, you're right. He's like, what? He literally, he actually in real life did just sell a house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I'm thinking he really is nervous. He's all fit to perfectly. Yeah. And so he, we show up and it's like the re, the realtor outside and it said like Michael Singer real estate. And it, we were at Michael Singer real estate and he's reading the instructions, like put it in the blue slot next to the door. And then he walked me down and then I was like, okay, well now we're done. So now we walk to like dinner, like we're going to be so early. And so we like, he's like, well, then let's just walk down the street. And it's the, it's the prettiest street in Philadelphia. It's called Addison Aww. street. And we walked out and first of all, I had, the, I got invited to a party on that street that night. And I was like, I can't go down the street because I told him that I wasn't coming. I was like, I can't be down the street. He's like, let's just go. Come on. She's not going to see you. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't go. And he eventually got me down and then his hands were clammy. And I'm like, oh my God, something's up. Oh my God, something is up. And then he's talking to me about like how he loves me, blah, blah, And then. So did yeah. it like click in the moment? It clicked like also. And I was like, oh my God, he's, I think he might propose. I think he might propose. <gasps> and he's like actions speak louder than words and we always talk about that and then he got down on one knee and he's like walked me down the whole street and then I see a photographer no. um, oh my god I told you about yeah. this like in the UK it's not as popular to like hire a photographer but like did you speak to the photographer he shot the pictures they left we, we we talked to her after okay because like I had friends be like we like arranged a photographer they took pictures of the engagement like airdropped them to the guy's phone and then left and they never exchanged words no way. Yeah. <laughs> and she came because then Tom set up an after party too. Oh, oh so fun. Oh my God. So cute. My parents came down from, like, they're from Connecticut and his brother came from Boston. My brother came from DC and they had all our families there. It was really cool. So oh. it was, and I was like, wait, are we going to the Mexican place? He's like, no. We're not going. Like, I still love my like, tequila. That's what I did with my engagement. I was like, is this real? And like, does this person yeah. know? Like, what's going on? I was like, who knows? He's like, everyone of exactly was like yeah, yeah. he's like, like the months he's like i had power he's like i have powerpoints and excel documents he's like you have no idea like yeah we're gonna make a video it's oh god oh, this is so cute that's so, but i can imagine being like is this part of the plan is yeah this, is this real are do. we still yeah. doing this yeah. <laughs> like what am i doing tonight like tell me what i'm doing tonight yeah. like, I'm, always, I'm like the one that makes the plans you know what i mean same same yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That was me in your situation. I'm like, am I still having a quesadilla and a margarita? <laughs> I'm looking forward to that pineapple margarita. <laughs> That's so funny. Amazing. And Aww. was it like everything you could have ever imagined? It was so much fun. I was on like a total cloud nine. Like I didn't sleep on Saturday night because I was actually just so excited. Like I, we woke up yesterday, we went to brunch with his family and I was just so excited. And then like our friends came over yesterday for the Super Bowl, and we just like, it was, it's just been the best weekend ever. Like, I also feel like your brand is very Super Bowl. I don't know why. I feel like you like, like to have people over and make Super Bowl food. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, another excuse for me to like make food and hang out with people. So yeah. Like, weekend. yeah, it was so great. It was so great. Such a nice that. note to end on. Yeah. I can't wait to see that video as well with the yeah. XL spreadsheets. I'll like subconscious or What's the best? Yeah. Aggressively send it yeah. to Mark. <laughs> if you need a copy of anything, we can yeah, send it over. <laughs> he sent me a picture this morning of his, um, he's very, he's an engineer. So he's very like, writes everything out, like design. He's a design guy. Mm-hmm. His design of my ring, like he drew it and he sent me the dimensions, oh. and like notes and like all these like inches and measurements. And I'm like, what? And you're like, when did you do this? We spent yeah. so much time together. Like, when the hell did you have the time to do this? He took my girlfriends out. He, they went, he's like, we went, we've gone to like 12 different times. And I'm like, what? Oh my I gosh. Know. I had no I idea. Like, I'm super observant. Yeah, Tom's a secret agent. What yeah. the hell? 
he has his he has his clearance, so he's good. He's good at the secret stuff. That is so funny. Okay, so one of the things that we like to end on for all our podcasts is kind of like the pit and the peak of the wellness industry. So I feel like people have been listening like can like repeat ours back now. Like yeah. I feel like I, I need to find new ones, I think. But my peak has always been like the rise of like gut health research. I just find it so interesting. And then my pit is always celery juice. Just like, just like eat a, eat a piece. Celery juice. Yeah, fork your celery juice. Just like my, like, just like have some celery and hummus and call it a day. Yeah. Right. So what would yours be? I would say my peak would be, um, I think using social media for good. I mean, yeah. I know it could yeah, but I do truly honestly believe that, I mean, first of all, it's afforded my career, but it also has helped me recover because I have found people on here who are approachable and, and I know that Lizzo is walking a fine line, but I truly believe that I have used it in my best benefit and feel more normalized and like finding a community and finding a group of girls, like even just to go work out in Philadelphia, I've found this like community and we all do Instagram together. And not, not everyone, not everyone has like a big account or anything, but we all just met each other through actual, the actual app and go and like hold each other accountable for going to like a workout or going to like also going to happy hour. And that is like, that's my wellness. So that has been, um, and then I would say the pit, I would just say the, like the, I don't have anything super specific, but I would just say like the pressures in general, Yeah. everything you see. Yeah. it's, and and I know we're doing such a good job on like guess, getting away from like worrying about that, and we have a lot of like strong women like in the in, in the like in the news right now and everything. But it's just like also like there's always going to be the pressure to be on this kind of diet or be on this kind of even and even I see oh my god this irks me so bad. It's like you don't need to be gluten free if you're not glu- if gluten just has no effect on your body. Uh, or, great. I know. <laughs> You don't need to be like, uh, I, I'm, I'm, if you want to try the keto diet once, sure, try it, but you don't need to blast it for everyone else. Cause it's not for everyone. And, and so for me, it's like that whole thing of being like, there's so much pressure to like try a new diet and try a new this. And, and just, I just want to encourage people to live their life and just like, do what you want to do. What makes you happy? Cause that's, that's your wellness. Yeah. I love, I love that. that. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It's an honor. And honestly, it's, it's like a therapy session for me to, you know, share it. Yeah, I always feel like that as well. Well, where can people find you? And it, on your Instagram and also on your new YouTube channel. Yeah. So you basically can just do a, either a Google search or you can do Instagram, Aaron Lives Hull. And then that's the same on my YouTube. It's Aaron Lives Hull, but you can also search Aaron Morrissey and you'll find me. We'll link it in sure. the show notes yeah. for sure. And then as always, please rate, review, and subscribe and follow Forking Wellness on Instagram. I was like blanked on the word Instagram. (laughs) Well, tune in next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.